I'm Rachel. And I'm Dan, Rachel's dad. And this is Almost Bedtime Theater, a podcast about playing role-playing games with kids. In today's episode, we're going to create a game. And the idea here is that we started playing with a couple of Rachel's cousins this week. Um, we played a handful of times, introducing them to role-playing games they hadn't played before. And so really, we were just playing the story game with them. After the last time we played, they expressed interest in playing a game that had some more structure to it. That they had character sheets and things like their strength or their dexterity that they could roll against. Oh, I have an idea. Yeah, what's your idea? So maybe like while we inch along in the process like of building character sheets and stuff, Mm -hmm. instead of building one whole character sheet at one whole time, maybe we like slowly go along and when we... We need a dexterity rule, but we don't have dexterity filled in yet. Mm-hmm. At that point, we'll fill in dexterity and stuff. Oh, that's an interesting game mechanic. I mean, it might not work very well because it might take a long time to like go through and be like, oh, is that a, oh, what's dexterity? That's a great idea because one of the things I'd been worried about is if we had this character sheet process that, that would It'd take too long so, to fill out. Yeah. I think, It'd be so confusing. Like, what are these numbers for? And what are these numbers for? What's that? So for clarification, one of the cousins is six and one of them is nine. And so um, it's the six-year-old that we're wanting to make sure is is staying interested in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely interested in it, has lots of great ideas, and it's a lot of fun to, to play with her. Um, but I don't want her to feel like she's having to sit through a lot of rule building or 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 the it like. might be a little much to take in especially if we're just going to like jump into character building so fast right so i love the idea of the characters being kind of built on the fly as as you go along and when we started talking about this idea of having characters and character sheets they said they were interested in ninjas and magic and gadgets so we're going to definitely work those into into the game concept what kind of way do you want to do to determine whether or not they're successful rolling dice probably probably yeah yeah if we use the the 1d6 method so one six-sided die like we have been that was pretty simple it was and they seem to catch on to that pretty easy right yeah for our character sheet perhaps the first questions we should have are they're going to need a name there then they could also pick what color of outfit their ninja wears and then for their character's stats um, one thing I was going to offer is that instead of going with, say, from D&D, you have the traditional strength, dexterity, intelligence, constitution, and so on. There's another set that comes from a game called Fate Accelerated that I kind of like. And I wanted to run those by you and see if you thought those might make for a good way to do this. In Fate Accelerated, you have careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky. And those are your approaches. Those are the way that you try to tackle the problem. If you're trying to climb a wall, you could try to climb it carefully, or you could try to climb it sneakily. Or flashily. You could even try to do it flashily. depending Or cleverly, on... or quickly, or forcefully. Exactly. The point is that you're, you're picking the approach that goes with your character, and your character is particularly good at particular approaches. Not that every approach is going to be good every time. If you are trying to be a ninja and slip into a castle, and that then involves climbing castle wall. you want to do it flashily. Probably not so much, with right? A, with a sequined suit <laughs> and a huge red tiara. What I'm wondering is, if everybody playing is a ninja, probably everybody should have sneaky as something they're good at. 
you think? Yeah, that wouldn't make it very, very different. Maybe like they have three, three plus ones they can like, they can't add more than one plus one to one thing, but they can add like a plus one to three things. Oh. So maybe like sneaky as plus one, careful as plus one, and clever or quick as plus one if you're going to be a ninja. So everybody automatically gets a plus one to sneaky. And then they essentially get two other points that they can spend. Yeah. And you, they could save assigning those until in yeah. the game. I'm going to offer up that if someone wants to put one of their very valuable second points into Sneaky to have a plus two to Sneaky, so they're just a super, super Sneaky Ninja, I'm good with that. That covers the Ninja aspect pretty well, I think, of the Magic, Gadget, and Ninjas. Magic, Gadget, Ninjas. We still have magic and gadgets to figure out. Are you familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Yes. Kind of. And each, each of the characters, each of the turtles has a weapon that is their, that's their specialty. Uh, okay. Run with me here. That, that, that's <laughs> the way it is, yeah. I'm wondering, perhaps each of our ninjas in this game has a, has a gadget that is their special gadget. Like, there could be, like, a, a grappling hook crossbow that can shoot a thing up and it attaches to like anything and you can use it as a grappling hook to, to then run yourself <gasps> long. That's the reaction I'm looking for, yes. Seriously, grappling hook, crossbow, who wouldn't? Right? What I'm thinking is if we can think up, say, half a dozen gadgets and then each ninja gets to pick one and that's their gadget that they have And nobody on else the adventure. can pick it? Right, right. The others don't get to pick that, that gadget because that's their gadget. Maybe like, um... Since there's magic in this world, maybe like a, a necklace that like has magic to make you invisible. Oh, smoke bombs are a traditional ninja gadget. So you, you throw this, this smoke grenade thing at the ground and it goes poof and makes a cloud of smoke, which gives you the chance to vanish and hide or distract. That can be a gadget. But That's I a gadget. also like the idea of um, like a necklace where if you wear it, then you can transform into any animal. I love that idea. It's an awesome idea. My concern... Is this going to be too powerful? It's too powerful. What about one animal then? I'm good with a, yes, a shape-shifting, like a, a ring ring of a shape-shifter kind of thing. Or, or let's just say it's a spell. Each ninja gets to pick a piece of equipment and a spell that they know. And so one of those spells is um, change into a, and then they get to pick the animal. Um, also, you can transform into mythical animals because this is like a, a, a big magic world. As long as that's the animal you pick? Yeah, and if you said, like, say, a dragon, it wouldn't be, like, a huge dragon. Right. It'd be, like, I don't know, not, not like, large average size, but maybe smaller. What if we were to say that um, whatever you turn into, it's the same, it uses your same body size. So you can turn into a dragon, but it's a dragon the size of you. That's not going to be... Or you could turn into a spider, and it's a spider the size of you. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but if you wanted to be a spider and you wanted to be able to, like, sneak around through cracks and stuff, and that's why you picked a spider, then you wouldn't be able to do it. I see, I see. What I'm trying to do is is establish a limiting factor where turning into the animal doesn't solve every problem. Mm -hmm. Because if what I turn into is a great big monstrous dragon, that's going to kind of take care of any combat you might come across. And getting into places and getting out of places, not quietly, mind you, but why wouldn't you just automatically win if you turn into this big, enormous dragon? That's where I was trying to find a limit, and I thought maybe if we made it you're the same size you were, then that would limit it. But I can see what you mean. 
maybe we just say the animal you turn into has to be your size or smaller. So you can turn into a smallish bear or... But then you just have bear. to say that you're like six feet tall. That's... Or you're a hundred feet tall. Uh, I'm open to ideas. Though. I can see that. Or, or you could turn into the size of a molecule and just be a molecule. You're not going to accomplish a great deal, but you could do it. You could spy on people. So that gives us um, one spell and two pieces of equipment we've figured out. How about boots of springing or something that let you jump super high? Sure, yeah. Or, or super far. Maybe like sandals. Spring sandals. Flip-flops. <laughs> Flip-flops <laughs> with springs on them? <laughs> Right. What about a um, something that lets you put on a, a disguise? Like it's an instant disguise kit that lets you change... Your clothes look different. It's like a hat of many disguises or something. So you put the hat on and then you can change into your different outfit. What do you think? Yes. Yes? Okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah? All right. Um, what about the blanket of misfortunes? That sounds like a dangerous item. Maybe if you ever like sleep with the blanket or rest with the blanket... And then, like, you you have a misfortune or something? I don't think I'd pick that one. Eh, neither would I. <laughs> Actually, that gives me an idea. What if one of the spells is, um, like, a good luck spell? Sure, um, I also have another thing. Um, maybe, like, there's, like, a time period in which you can't use it. Like, a day, you can only use it one, one roleplay day. How about gadgets can be used as many times as you want? But you can only use your spell one time. I would say, like, you can only use it, like, twice a day or something. I mean, they're not going to be super powerful spells. All I right. mean, animal transformation, okay, that's kind of, that, that's powerful, but you only get to transform into one animal. So you can use your spell twice, how about, let's say, twice per game. I can foresee all of us taking animal form. I could see it, too. Um, let's make sure there's a couple other spells to pick from, though, just in case. A couple other cooler spells, maybe. Here's a kind of creepy one. Uh-huh. Like, choose, choose, like, this is a spell, like, choose a part of your body and grow another one. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> grow another head. Yeah. <laughs> grow another armpit. <laughs> no. <laughs> grow another toe on your left foot. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Ooh. Controlling elements. So having the that ability... That seems a lot more powerful. Well, again, it'll be in a... In a it needs to be a somewhat limited amount of elements. Pro let's, to stick with a theme, say, about as much as the size of you. But you can shift stone, or you could shift water, or you could shift fire. Dude, or, that's... Blast with air. That's seriously Classic. powerful. Used correctly, it could be. Yes, in certain <sighs> situations. I mean, fire doesn't solve everything. We add shape element to the list. I think we've got enough spells to pick from. I think the invisibility and the animal form, those are powerful things. They need a limit. I'm thinking like they last the scene, for example. So you can't just turn invisible yeah. and stay invisible the whole game. Yeah. It only lasts the scene. Naturally. So we've got ninjas. We've got gadget. We've got magic spells. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Cool. Is there anything else that you would um, suggest having in there? Oh, I, you know what we should talk about? is what happens with battle sequences. Oh, no. Because uh, there's probably going to be battles. What if instead of, say, like hit points, you have a couple of, of boxes of harm that you can handle? And when, it, when those are marked through, it's not that you're killed off. It's just you're, you're basically out of the scene, whether you're knocked out or something else. 
um, mm-hmm. you're you're not able to keep acting in the scene until you get a chance to recover. Sure. Okay. Let's go with like you have three three boxes of harm you can take. If you get hit with all three of those, then you're going to need to recover. I'm thinking in general, if you get hit, it'll be a it'll be one box. All right. So we've got our character idea. We know how to handle hit points. We've got our spells. We've got our gadgets. I think that's a pretty good setup for for a character sheet. Is there anything that you think should be tweaked or added? No, I like that. Then I think we're set. We'll get this uh, compiled up, and we can we can share it as a as a resource. If anybody else wants to use it, we'll we'll add it. Add the link to our notes. Mm. Well, thank you very much for helping me figure it out. You are welcome. All right. So this is part two. This is the debriefing um, after playing the game of. Magic Gadget Ninjas with the Cousins. We use the the character sheet pretty much the way that we came up with the other day. There were a couple changes I made to it as I wrote out the character sheet. I took out invisibility because I figured if someone had illusion, they could accomplish that. Mm-hmm. I took out the hit boxes. I just figured the way we've been playing, you know, somebody could get caught or grabbed or other things like that. But I just didn't, didn't want to mess around with hit boxes. And it turned out that worked just fine. I also added, uh, if you were going to help someone, that what it let them do was re-roll and take the higher of their two rolls. And then finally, instead of using the um, the breakdown of 1 and 2, 3 and 4, and 5 and 6 being levels of success, I, I set thresholds depending on how tough you were, it was, the thing was you were trying to do. Um, with the helping someone, it's kind of like advantage in D&D. Exactly. We just used, uh, you know, a six-sided die instead. But that, that seemed to work pretty well, because you were able to, to help each other out quite a bit, and it, I didn't have to worry about if several people helped, it inflating the roll so high that there was no way that, that it could be failed. What were some things you thought worked well? I think the idea with no hitboxes worked well. Um, I also think the animal changing thing really helped when you were trying to get past them. In short, we had a team of ninjas who were trying to infiltrate a secret lair of the big villain named Bad Max. Bad Max being the leader no, of... No, 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 excuse me. Dad, Bad, Mad, Max. The villain did get renamed by the ninja team as we went through. Dad, Bad, Mad, Max. And um, they were the leader of all these robot pirates. The ninjas had to sneak into the lair and stop Bad Max. They were trying to find something called the Puppy Ray, which our villain was going to use to turn all the humans into puppies because it's easier to rule the kingdom if all the people are puppies. I thought the animal form piece worked great. Especially with my, my amethyst cat and how it had, like, like jagged pieces of amethyst and the amethyst has its ears. It was, it was great because I thought it, it, let, it let you have a lot of fun with your characters and describing your characters. Uh, one of the other characters turned into a fox and was running around. Um, one of the others had... Um, the, the elemental. Right, shape water. Which, funnily enough, being able to shape water and send it into a bunch of robots and in between all their little circuits... And did you... <laughs> worked rather well. Yeah. Are you grumpy about the... <laughs> I, I believe what you are making noise about is the fact that then at the end of the game, the shape water was used to splash your cat. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I chased them around. A thing I thought worked really well that um, was we... Because we are transitioning from story games where there's not a lot of rules and and everybody just got to kind of make up what they wanted, this was really the first time that we had a game, well, that there was a character sheet and a lot of Very, rules in place. Like, like 
not not letting you just say, oh, I want a fire resistance potion kind right, of thing. Right. Previously, those things were popping up. But what I thought worked well was that after you all had successfully completed the mission, effectively our, our single session game was over, then you got to just create this this epilogue story, this this post-mission story about your characters where you were just getting to do all kinds of crazy stuff, whether it was jumping around in the lava with fire resistance or, you know, chasing each other around the pirate ship. And and so you got to have all these these wild parts of the story and that after was the really fact. Fun. It was. It was a lot of fun to to, to have that too. <laughs> so I thought it turned out to be kind of the best of both worlds. We we got the option to run the game with some rules in place, but then we also got the the wild story at the end. I I think that we should take our same characters and do the same kind of story thing because that was really fun. It was. I I would be totally yeah, interested in doing that, and I and I think that your cousins would be as well. They seem to have a lot of fun with those characters. Some of the things I thought worked well uh, was having those those pick lists on the character sheet as far as getting those characters built and ready easier. Mm-hmm. Um, people could, could go through and choose what they wanted. The whole idea of you can use the spell twice, that seemed to work out just fine. There were only a couple of words that we ended up needing to define. Uh, I'd been a little worried that maybe some of the approaches would be confusing, but it turned out flashy was the only one we really needed some explanation for. And... The, the only other word was notorious, which was just part of the, the story fluff that I had on the character sheet about what was going to happen. One, one other thing, actually, that I did on the side was I made a little spreadsheet. As the story guide, I wanted to keep track of who your characters were and what your specialties were, so I could take that into account as I, as I built the story. You know, people were picking shape-shifting or, or animal form. I wanted to make sure there were opportunities there that that would be useful um, or shape water. I need to make sure that there's water around that, that can be useful. Or else their, mag- their choice was pretty much useless. Exactly. And as you were inventing your characters, I captured for each player, what was your name? What was your, your outfit color? What what were your your approaches that you were particularly good at? Where did you put your points? So that I could think that through as well. I was thinking that might be handy if at any point someone wasn't sure how they wanted to do something, I could look through and at least see what are they good at and make a suggestion. Well, maybe do that. Is there a way you could do that carefully because you're good at careful things? We didn't have anybody seem to have any trouble picking approaches, so we didn't end up leaving um, the points for later on for discovery as they built their character. That didn't seem necessary, although I do like it as being a something that's there in the background if it's ever necessary. But we did have a couple of instances where um, people changed their mind as far as what magic power they wanted to have or what piece of mm-hmm. equipment they wanted to have. And since they hadn't used the spell yet or hadn't used the equipment yet, that was very easy to say, okay, yeah, you've got this other one. Don't worry about it. And it wasn't until they used it that we said, okay, that's the one you really have. I liked, I liked that freedom, that flexibility. I, I swiped that idea from what you were saying about letting people pick out their approaches later. Was there anything that you thought would be um, a, an improvement, some, something that could be done differently to make it better? I don't know. That was pretty fun. It was. What was your favorite part? I think being able to transform into that, like, like amethyst jewel cat kind of thing, and I, I think my 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 little tiny nose was a little tiny bit of sapphire. Cool. I I really don't know what my favorite part was. It was all really fun. I I think my favorite part. Well, that's true. I had several. But my <laughs> favorite part. Uh, one of your favorite. Parts. One of my favorite parts was getting to do the robot pirate voices. Especially the robot Yarr! pirates. I am a pirate. I am, <laughs> I am a robot pirate with my robot pirate hook. Um, and and um, Dad Bad Mad Max having 
The two hooks. Having, having two fire hooks. All right. Well, hopefully that provided some, some useful insight into how we think about games or create games. Uh, if you have any thoughts or suggestions you'd like to share with Rachel or myself, you can email us at almostbedtimetheater at gmail.com or find us on Twitter as at almostbedtime. Thanks for listening and have a good night. See ya. Okay. okay. Well, our mythical animals. Or a hairball. <laughs> but you can just float listlessly through the air of the game. Trash. <laughs> Put in the trash can. And you can... <laughs> Very sneaky. And sneak. You need to sneak into the trash can. <laughs>